0: Hey y'all! So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I really wanted to review three conversations that I had with some really dope therapists previously on the show. Um, You will hear conversations about the importance of emotional wellness, healing, and anxiety during the pandemic. Now, at the time when some of these episodes were recorded, um, we were in a different season of our life, and you know maybe it made sense then. But I feel like over the year, the the last year that we've actually had that some of these conversations are even more important now and so I hope that there is something that you'll be able to gain from this I hope that you, there is something in this conversation that resonates with you if you feel like you are in a place where you do need some support from a therapist or a counselor if you go to my website um, www.feliciawallace.com, there's a resource tab that has a few of these ladies practices because they're in the DMV area but also there's links for you to be able to search a therapist within your area Y'all know that I am an advocate for therapy, and so I will tell you therapy and Jesus, they both work. (laughs) So um, if you feel like that's something that you need, definitely go to the page and go ahead and get connected with somebody. Um, I'd also like to hear whether or not you want these ladies back on the show, and maybe we can have a completely different conversation. There's a form in the bio uh, where you can click and make a topic suggestion for the show. But until then, y'all go ahead and listen to this episode. Hey y'all, today I have the pleasure of chatting with Kiara Flipping, the founder and CEO of Core Empowerment. Kiara has been in the mental health field for over eight years. She has been helping clients get unstuck and uncover the root cause of their mental and physical illness and gain balance and clarity in their life. Kiera is a big advocate for mental health and has created a YouTube channel for Core Empowerment, which brings awareness to mental health and breaks the stigma. Kiera has been featured on the Perfected Practice Telesummit and was a panelist for Black Girl Balance. She joins us today to talk about the importance of our emotional wellness, signs of depression, and the burden of being the strong friend. Hey, Kiera. Thanks for joining us this evening.
1: Hello, hello.
0: So I really wanted to, I'm glad that I'm able to bring you on because um, as we're wrapping up October's podcast, um, this month I talked a lot about like emotional well. I mean health Mm -hmm. and like people's emotional wellness. Um, We talked about, you know, it being okay to be sad. We also talked about, uh, last week I really talked about, um, for me was about, stop crying like a girl because Uh I have boys and it's one of those things that it gets underneath my skin so bad when people say that because I'm still like what do that sound like but Mm. anyway so I really wanted to wrap it up to be able to talk to somebody who is in the profession who sees it every single day who Mm -hmm. studies it knows it to be able to give us some like practical tips to be able to figure out how to help you know, either ourselves or our friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just have
1: a couple of questions for you. Absolutely.
0: Um, so the first question I have is what led you to being a mental health professional?
1: So for me, um, it started really just uh with my family, with my community, just really seeing uh mental health symptoms around me pretty much all day, every day, and mm-hmm. at a young age not really being able to Um, describe what it what it was that I was seeing or give it a name. Um, I I didn't know what it was. Um, So as I be able, as I was able to, you know, go through school and things like that, I took a class. And this is when the interest really started in high school. I took a class in AP psychology. And I found myself in that class connecting a lot of dots. Mm. Like, oh, that's why so and so is like that. Oh, that's <laughs> right. that's what what that's what that looks like. That's what that is. That's what that feeling is. That maybe I've even experienced. Okay, so that has a name. Right. Um. So it was really in that class in AP psychology, in um, high school, that really sparked the the interest to mental health and what that means and what it looks like. I've always had a a, a natural um connection to just being a healer and just a helper and wanting to help people naturally when i was younger i always thought i would be a nurse oh, cool. um, yep. i always wanted well. to help people in some way um, well
0: you are you are this is yeah. definitely you <laughs> are you, and you still are a nurse well you know you're nursing people's souls right absolutely Which is, that's
1: a good way to put it yeah absolutely. in this day and
0: time it's very 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 important for us to be able to um have somebody who does that because I think they're now more than ever, which is kind of why I started this podcast is mm-hmm. kind of the same things, like realizing that I got some stuff with me that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, there's lots of people who have the same things it starts out as like you know anxiety or doubt mm-hmm. or insecurities and we look at those as like small things but the bigger things are the underlying things that people don't really do the work um to be able to figure out like okay why am I sad why am mm-hmm. I still sad why am mm-hmm. I oh you know and so yeah, I yeah. feel like that um this podcast has touched a lot of people and a lot of people have, you know, reached out to me to let me know that they like hearing it. So I'm always Mm -hmm. thinking about like ways to be able to let people know, like, it's okay to be in the place that you are, but you, you know, you can't stay there. If you want to be better, you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. one of my things is about like, I always say like, choose you, like, Uh you know, depending on what it, on how people word it, but really about choosing you, what's best for you. If that means saying no, if that means mm-hmm. sleeping, resting, you know, mm-hmm. taking time off. How, um, why is emotional wellness important? Like, why is it important for us to be, same way people go to the gym, same Absolutely. way people eat organic food and uh-huh, organic uh-huh. milk. Why is emotional wellness important?
1: And You know, you made a good point about, choosing you and that's something i talk to my clients about a lot is not being ashamed to be selfish Hmm. just like the word selfish has like this negative cloud around it 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 and it's really honestly not even that bad like if i don't take care of myself i can't serve you i can't show up for you absolutely um and my dad he gave me this perfect theory and i share it with all of my clients is sometimes we hear that cliche that um about filling your cup, right? Right. Making yeah. sure, you know, I can't I can't serve nobody else unless unless my cup is full. But he made the point as nobody should be drinking from your cup. Your cup mm. should always be full.
0: Wow. That it's is the tea wow. that
1: runs off the yeah, cup you should onto be...
0: the saucer. Exactly. So you
1: never want to serve anybody from your cup. Your yeah. cup is full for you. Your so overflow... everybody should be
0: getting your overflow.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And therefore your cup will never run dry.
0: That is that. you know, and you know how many of us are like, we only got like uh, uh, the bottom, the bottom field, like even a quarter. Like, And,
1: and we'll give that drop to somebody else before it. Yeah taking a sip for ourselves. Even
0: when you know that you shouldn't, even when you know that you don't have it in you, we still try me to um, do that. And I know I, you know, I feel like that the perspective here is generally always about women. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just because, you know, I'm a woman, so it's easier uh-huh, for uh-huh. me. But <laughs> I always feel like that women have the hardest times about to like be selfless, like, especially Mm -hmm. if they're moms and wives, like Mm -hmm. you're committed to so many things that is, is difficult for us to like, I don't know. It's like, we feel guilty for Mm -hmm. taking care of us. So Mm -hmm. what do you say to the moms that feel guilty about saying, no, I'm not making dinner tonight.
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah, You know, and it it goes kind of back to that cup thing, you know, of how can you show up for your family? How can you show up for, Your kids, if you're not well, right? You know, if mommy isn't well, if mommy is beat up and tore down, then the family, you know, we none of us win, right?
0: And I think Um, that goes along also with, um, when you're on the airplane and they tell you like, put your mask on first, that I you, if you can't, you can't help your, your kids if you can't breathe. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we don't really look at it that way. We look Mm -hmm. at it as like, I got to keep going. I got to keep moving. I got to do it. Um, never realizing that we're killing ourselves in the process because Mm -hmm. that's just added stress. Sometimes unnecessarily when all it takes is for you to just ask, for help or ask for, you know, some type of assistance. And Um, I wonder
1: how much of that has to maybe also do with control. And I'm just speaking mm. from from personal. You know, if if you say no. You are speaking to the choir. (laughs) If I don't do it, then who will? You know, like if I don't do the laundry. You may not wash it how I like the laundry right, wash right, right. If I take a mommy break and go get my nails done, what's the house going to look like when I get back? Exactly. So it might be a little bit of that control, you know, as well, but we got to be able to let that go.
0: And know? that's that, that is a great point. Cause I definitely have, I've gotten a whole lot better, but mm-hmm. when my kids were smaller, it definitely was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll yep. do it. Yep. And then I would be mad at my husband because I'd be like, you see me running around uh-huh. me. Like, <laughs> uh but you didn't ask me anything and then I'm crying in the bathroom mm-hmm. just so sad like no one no one wants to help me but I'm not asking for help mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what are ways that um you suggest to be able to like self-care because I think that a lot of times people think self-care is like I
1: don't Jamaica. know Jamaica so, yeah like something <laughs> extravagant and
0: I'd be like with the way my phone's set up, uh-huh, I will uh-huh. never self-care.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I always recommend people schedule it. Just like you would schedule a mm. doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, a lunch date with a friend. You put that on your calendar. Schedule time for yourself. And I always encourage my clients that you should be self-caring every day. Oh, every wow. day you should do something for yourself. Now, Even how how means, do you propose that one does that? You know, <laughs> so this is what I have clients do. I love all of my clients to have a planner of some sort. And I prefer the planners with the time slots. Mm, Go ahead and book out work, book out dropping off the kids, book out picking the kids up, you know, the stuff that kind of has to be done. And wherever you see gaps, I don't care if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, wherever you see gaps, pencil yourself in. Mm. That can mean, okay, I only got 10 minutes. I pull pull up from work to my kids' school. It's a 10-minute gap between school let out and I'm here. Sit in your car and read a book
0: wow okay put on a
1: podcast you know or the kids are asleep instead of just running through the shower real quick don't you run you some bath water
0: wow, soak yeah. in the tub
1: that's perfect self-care you gotta wait for the, the tub to fill up right get in it you gotta soak in it like that's self-care that's intention
0: yeah you know
1: behind it get up a few moments early in the morning instead of just alarm go off and you rush rush rush, 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 rush. yeah give yourself 10 minutes to meditate or make a cup of coffee or just sit with yourself like you should all every day you should be taking care of yourself. Every day you're taking care of somebody else, whether yeah. it's your family, whether yeah. it's your job duties. Why not take care of yourself every day?
0: And I think one of the things that you said that um, was very important is about intentionality. Like, mm-hmm. I think that we're not... In, we're intentional about doing stuff for everybody else except for ourselves. Absolutely. And even when we were like... Because even when you said it, like, oh, you got that little bit of time between the time you pick your kids up and they get out. Like, I get to... my My son gets out at 310. I get to his school at, like, I don't know, it's a car line. So usually, like, Mm -hmm. by 2.45 or whatever. So that's 2.45 to 3.10 is a a substantial amount of time. I usually, you're right, I listen to a podcast, Mm -hmm. I may be listening to music, but in my mind, I never think of that as Mm self-care. I've never, like, I don't think of it like that. I think of that as, like, killing time right mm-hmm. or like passing it what am I doing in between mm-hmm. but my mm-hmm. mind is still like you know like oh I need to do this I need to do that but I think if we're intentional about thinking about even in that space that yes. this is my time let me do something for me mm-hmm. you realize you have more time than you think
1: Absolutely. Um, in a day so absolutely
0: uh, and even if
1: you're journaling you can bring your journal with you in your person while you're sitting there even if you have a scattered brain or racing thoughts that's a time to just jot down right you know and just journal out and write out whatever's going on in your head that's still a moment to connect with yourself
0: so how do you feel about journaling since you way into that? Yeah. Like, you know, there's some people who are like, I don't want to write down my thoughts. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm, want to read mm-hmm. back what it is. I definitely, um, I love journaling. I love seeing my growth and seeing mm-hmm. kind of like where I started to where I am. Even sometimes the prayers that I pray for and mm-hmm. having to go back and think about like, oh, I did ask God for that. And, you know, yep. You yep. know we worked. Um, so how do you yep. feel about journaling?
1: I think I I love journaling. I feel like it's therapeutic. I know sometimes people are like, well, I don't know what to write or so they have the journals where it's prompts, where it's Mm -hmm. questions that will kind of prompt your thoughts. Um, And then you can freely write. I'm a huge manifester. So I believe if I write it down, if I write it down clearly um, and kind of meditate on that, writing, then it will it will come Um, sort of like with vision boards and things like that. So it, just, it I think people should find their style of journaling. Do you like prompts? Do you like to write out your thoughts? Do you like to write out your prayers? Um, I know for me in the morning, I journal every morning and I set my intention for the day. That's what I journal mm. out. However, I envision my day looking yeah. um, with whatever struggles I'm having and I need strength in, in that area. If I have something I'm trying to tackle for the day, I just kind of write out my intention for the day. And that's my journaling. Um, oh, so good. and maybe somebody will find a style or maybe you have a, a mix of styles some mornings I do wake up and I'm just like Ugh, I don't know what to write so I have my journal prompt book and I'll just flip through and find something that sparks my brain and and write whatever it tells me to write
0: yeah I have the same thing so mm-hmm. in um researching you know your uh business and um what you do I see that you do Ricky mm-hmm. and so I was kind of like what is that? So, can you please explain what is Reiki and how does that either how does that um, go along with what you do in in regards to like um, mental health and emotional wellness?
1: So Reiki, just uh, for definition, oh, Reiki. Just, I'm
0: sorry, Reiki. Reiki. No,
1: no, no. You, you people pronounce it a, a bunch of ways. Um So I might be saying it wrong. I don't know. I pronounce it Reiki. Um, and what Reiki is, it's an energy, uh, energy modality, an energy treatment modality. So if you're familiar with your chakras, if not, our body is composed of, um, seven core energy channels, um, identified as our seven chakras. And it goes, starts at the crown of your head and goes all the way down to your feet and to your roots. So from crown to root, um, and just things day to day, life, stress, anxiety, depression, childhood, trauma, physical ailments, all those sort of things get trapped Mm. in those channels. Um, And even if people come to therapy and they talk about it or people like, girl, yeah, I'm over that. I ain't even worried about that. You're verbally saying that, but your body is still energetically holding on to those things. Um, And it will sometimes show up as illness, mental illness, or physical illness. Mm. Um, So what Reiki does is it helps to open up those chakras and clear out, um, any of that negative energy. So your energy is supposed to flow. Like it's supposed to flow kind of like a like waves. Okay. Um, but when those channels are blocked, it can get really congested. Um, so that's what Reiki does. It helps to, it's an energy cleansing. It helps to cleanse out your chakras so that oh. um, your energy is balanced.
0: Yeah, that's inter- very, very interesting. I could see how that would correlate it, like things that, you know, trauma that happens to you, like even if you're saying, your words are saying one thing that you're, um Body mm-hmm. is responding in a completely different manner. You just how if you're um anxiety if you're anxiety ridden, how you have like your blood pressure or you're in pain, your blood pressure goes up, and mm-hmm. you know every you know your blood work may come back a little bit differently because you know your white blood cell count is up just because you may have some type of something's going on on the inside. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Maybe we'll have to do a slang self doubt event, and you can do your yeah So you know I can get all my chakras
1: out <laughs> so does that Absolutely. include like
0: crystals and stuff like that too is that what the or so, is that different?
1: no 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 so some Reiki practitioners do I I have crystals in my room uh, in my Reiki room in my office and it's just more so just to kind of clear out the energy you will oh, see okay. some Reiki practitioners that do place the crystals on the seven chakra areas and that's more of like a chakra balancing sort of section. Um, some practitioners will use the pendulum and things like that to kind of get in tune where, where your energy needs healing. Um, But no, I don't use those. So I won't place any crystals oh, okay. in your body, oh, but they yeah. are in my space.
0: Right. So that, oh. but that's good for you too, because mm-hmm. they, you, in order for you to be able to help heal, do the soul healing with somebody else, like whatever's going on with us, we have to be clear of all of that as well. Absolutely. Um, so that we're able to, be able to provide the best help mm-hmm, as possible.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um go ahead. No, I was gonna say I'm always leery of healers that aren't seeking their own healing. So uh yeah I'm, that's, I'm, I'm leery of of that.
0: Yeah that's that's true. I think that ultimately <laughs> like you have to be healed. Even in this like even in what I'm doing, like this is therapeutic for me doing the podcast and mm-hmm. and just kind of creating my own journey. But I've been able to um, you know, coach or console, other women who are been in different stages of life. Um, mm-hmm. but because of the fact that I'm, I'm very self aware about certain things that I'm able to see. It. it may, at the end of the day, like however it manifests in your life may be different from mine's, but it mm-hmm. ultimately pretty much boils down to the exact same thing. So, yeah, yeah. um, I just I think that if I'm able to see that, then I can say this is my experience, but um, how they deal with it, how they work through it is just a little bit different for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things that this month is, um, and you know, it's a national depression awareness month,
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: which I think is very interesting because it's right before the holidays and everybody Mm -hmm. always knows that, um, you hear a lot of people say that, you know, this is a time where people tend to automatically just kind of, get into a depressive state, whether or not it's because they lost someone, whether -hmm. whether or not they, you know, they're not having a hot girl, hot boy summer no more. Mm -hmm. And now they don't have nobody to bun up with in the winter time. Um, there's different reasons behind Mm -hmm. it. Um, what are the signs of depression? Either what are the signs of depression and do they show up? Are you able to see it in yourself the same like see in others the same way you're able to see it in yourself, if that makes sense.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good question. And I'm glad you brought up um, this season. Um, And there's actually a disorder, seasonal affect disorder, um, which is a, it used to be called seasonal depression. Like that's the name for it, but the proper name is seasonal affect disorder. And it, it's about to kind of pop off around this time. And it leads up until around that February, um, March season. So, Around this time, you do see a a lot more people um, showing symptoms of depression, especially in this region, because um, we experience the cold weather. Oh, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So that those symptoms are very common. Um, and you asked about signs and symptoms of depression. Um, the first one is withdrawal. If you notice people are pulling away, um, isolating themselves, um, that's a, a good sign as far as within yourself, other people's main other people may not see your crying spells, but crying spills. Okay. Um, if you find yourself not having interest in things that used to interest you, your favorite hobbies or interest and you're no longer wanting to engage in those things, that's a sign. Um sometimes people appetite will change. Mm. Um, whether that's an increased appetite or decrease in appetite. Um so that's something you can kind of notice within yourself. But the thing about depression, if you're it's it's easy to hide so somebody mm. can be suffering from depression and you won't even know um so really being in tune with your friends your loved ones and noticing if any of their behaviors are shifting are they staying in more are they saying no to outings more frequently mm-hmm. have you ever had that with a good girlfriend it's like girl i keep inviting you out right and yeah you ain't trying to go nowhere no what's way. wrong with yeah. you right, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good question like what's going on you yeah. know a good time to check in. Sometimes we go, Oh, well, I guess she don't wanna go. I'm I'm not right. gonna invite her no more. I didn't invite her two times and she right. said no. But you know, that good girlfriend could really be going through something. Oh, right. Um, right. so that's a good external symptom to see um within your friends and family um as far as symptoms of depression.
0: So what about your strong friend? Like Mm. I, we, I saw a meme the other day to say like, Mm -hmm. check on your strong friend. Um, and recently I had a really close friend who lost one of her line sisters, um, this month actually to suicide. And Mm. when she just kind of described like her life, like Mm -hmm. she, one of the biggest things that they all said was just like, Nobody knew she was, mm-hmm. you know, living her life as, you know, quote unquote normal as possible. Um, and so the question is, is that you just said it like it's very easy for people to hide. But what do you do about the strong friend who may is like necessarily pretending like everything is
1: mm-hmm. OK,
0: but it's really not.
1: But it's really not. You know, I, I think the fact that you would even categorize your friend as a strong friend is enough to tell you you need to check on her.
0: Mm, okay, okay. Like what does
1: it mean to be strong? Like that's a heavy title. Like, you know, that's a big badge to carry. Like, I'm the strong friend, you right, know, and right. then you know you're the strong friend. Yeah. So then you don't want to disappoint your other friend. You know, so you're you're carrying her. That's a that's a heavy title. So I would say if anybody has boxed any of their friends mm. in the category of strong friend. Please go check on her. Right,
0: right. Um, and
1: just to share something personal about me, I hope that's appropriate. Yes, um, we
0: we are very transparent okay. on this good, show. Good, good,
1: good. <laughs> I, I feel like in my I don't have many friends, but with the friends I got, um, they I feel like maybe they have categor categorized me as a strong friend. And, mm. and maybe I have worn that title in the past with pride. Um, and after having my daughter, she's two now, but after having her, I had a very um, traumatic labor and delivery for those that uh, know I was in the hospital for a week. I almost died. Mm. She could have died. It was very traumatic. I had a very traumatic labor and delivery, but wow. we were able to make it home safely. And I suffered from postpartum anxiety. Mm. Nobody, nobody knew, right. you know, yeah. nobody other than my husband, cause he was there seeing me freak out and have right. panic attacks and, for people who really know me, my daughter don't go nowhere, but my parents and grandparents' house. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. still battling that. That's still um, our separation that yeah. you know that I go through. And we had a very traumatic experience with her childhood. I mean, with her um, her first daycare provider, it was just a mess. So my postpartum anxiety went off the chain. And if any of my friends are hearing this. This is probably, for some of them, the very first time they have ever heard
0: this. Yeah. Because
1: when you put somebody in the box of strong friend and you may hear, oh, they went through that. Oh, well, that's a strong friend. Yeah, so she got it. She She can push through all everything else. Yeah, right. A, a week in a hospital on
0: top of the week. fact that you're a mental health provider. So they assume oh, please, that, let's not know. get into that. <laughs> they assume so therapy. Right? She can therapy herself. That's <laughs> what so she can do. <laughs>
1: she can fix herself. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and i I battled that um alone with, with just my husband and I. And I was able to get through it. And I got into my own therapy and did my own work and things like that. But yeah, the fact that you put a friend in the box of strong friend is even more the reason yeah. why because not to put labels but the weak friend you know what's going on with the right weak right, friend. Right, right right you know yeah. that's the friend that's telling you everything girl child yeah. this girl you know everything yeah but it's that strong friend that's always concerned about how the other friends doing girl what's going on with you right you yeah. know but you the strong friend never he well, I'm not gonna say never the strong friend um doesn't always hear this is going on with me and strong friend. How you doing? Right, yeah. It's more so. Right, you're just you're you're receiving you're it in, yeah, but don't know yeah. turn around and say, okay, strong friend, your turn. How right, because they, they just assume, assume
0: that you okay doing well. So then know? then I have a question. Then yeah. as the strong friend, because I think that I think that people can go through periods of times when they mm-hmm. are. Some of it is like because if I had to think about it, I probably assume that most of my friends will probably think that I'm the strong friend
1: mm-hmm. um
0: in most cases and I don't think it's necessarily because I've actually I'm good at compartmentalizing my yeah, emotions yeah. so depending like I remember being at work and the girls I used to work with they would be like you probably don't ever cry and this that, and the third and I feel like first of all we're at work like uh-huh. I'm at work like this this is not what I'm supposed to be doing um mm-hmm. but second of all like I, I can manage my emotions, you know, appropriately that it doesn't require me to kind of be wherever. But what I have learned, probably over the last couple of years is that, yeah, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. Mm. And when the times come that I really need to, even if I just need somebody to pray for me, I may not mm-hmm. need a whole lot of like, You ain't got to hold me. I don't want to talk through it and all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. However, I just need somebody else to know like today's not a good day, you know, Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. can you just pray for my emotional well-being? So how do you as the strong friend like ask for help? Because Mm -hmm. that may be something that's difficult. Like you don't want to look weak because Mm -hmm. now the last Mm -hmm. 15 years you've been the person that Mm -hmm. everybody has you know, um, relied on to be able to give the advice and to be able to give you some wisdom, but they don't, you know, they not, and it's not intentional that they're not not. giving it to you in return, but how do, how do we ask for help?
1: You know, that is a really good question. And I would say for me, um, it kind of goes back to that self-care thing that cutting, you know, saying no to certain commitments, you know, Mm -hmm. taking time for you. With the being a strong friend, you feel like you gotta show up for everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and maybe this is a moment where I don't want to be present. Right. <laughs> I got, <Yeah>. I got <laughs> right. other stuff going on. And right. maybe if you asked me how I was doing, you would know. Right. Um, exactly. but since you didn't, I'm just gonna not <laughs> I'm go. just gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> so I can stay home and take care of me. Um, but with with that, I think it takes a lot of vulnerability to to ask for help and to come out and say, Hey, I know you didn't ask, but I'm gonna tell you. Today is not a good day, right? You know? Yeah, and that's a good boundary because sometimes your phone will ring and you'll see the name and you already know it's about to come when yes. you answer that phone, and just the mere uh, mere fact of today is not the day I'm not even gonna pick up, you know? right? Yeah, um,
0: so in the opposite version of that, right, mm-hmm. we've all probably had a friend who's draining. Right, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. so,
0: how do you in in your emotional well being and yeah. knowing that you may have someone who is draining you, how do you um differentiate whether or not that person is being just regular or uh-huh. actually something you know something really going on, you know what I'm saying like you may have somebody like I know I had a girlfriend years ago who just Mm -hmm. would just always complain about her boyfriend. And just, Mm -hmm. I was just like, I can't, like I I literally couldn't hear it anymore, you know, because you feel like I'm advised out. Like I I got nothing else to give, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're in the same spot. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you do? And um, I feel like that after that happened, like our friendship kind of like dwindled because I just was like, no, I'm not going to do it. But had she, really needed me I would have second guessed whether or not it was something that you know what I'm saying like that Mm -hmm. was serious I Mm would have just been like okay yeah yeah
1: I I feel like my response is I have two responses my first response the first thing that came to my mind is kind of taking that friend in doses and kind of going back to your cup because you already Mm. know how this friend is you already know the energy that she is going to pull from you so if you're not in a place of overflow, you may not want to engage.
0: Yeah, that's because you already point. know
1: they're going to just kind of suck the life out of you. Right. And, and my second response would be to refer them to therapy. I feel like you know, sometimes we rely on our friends and family to be our therapists mm. and they're really not. Right. Yeah. Like there that's are professionals out here that are here to help you process through your thoughts and and get through your different struggles and it's not a good girlfriend. Yeah. Um so Probably because I'm a therapist, I'm always advocating therapy to all of my friends and all of my family. You know, it's, yeah. it's okay if you want to, you know, chit chat a happy hour, but it when it starts to be the same thing over and over, mm-hmm. the conversation is really intense. Though I am a therapist, I'm not your therapist. Right? Yeah, so exactly. I need to refer you to go <laughs>
0: and if talk you want to me a to, a too, you need to make an appointment. <laughs> so you can pay me my coin all at You're the so same silly. time. <laughs> But no, because I think that a lot of times people just assume that, oh, you know, they have it all together. So they may have all the answers and your, you know, situation being as though that you're a therapist, they just like, oh, well, you could just tell me, yeah. you know, some advice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't cause every depending on how deep you go requires a different type of it does. therapy. And we can't do that at JSPS. That's not gonna mm-hmm. work.
1: No, and we can't and, and we actually can't even serve as friends and family.
0: Oh right. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Nope oh Mm -hmm. wow well i guess that makes sense ethical yeah that's a conflict of interest yeah i can see i can see that that being the case so um one of the last questions i have. well i guess i I think i have two more um what is so so you're in a situation where you have somebody who comes to you Mm -hmm. they are telling you that they're not doing well they're Mm -hmm. not um in a good place or you just noticed that that person is like you checked on your friend and you're like, okay, something is not right. You're withdrawn. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. things that happen. How do you help your friend get help whether they want it or not? Cause the person who wants it will probably take the advice. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and call. Mm-hmm. But for the person who is like, no, I'm okay. I'll figure it out. But you mm-hmm. know that they've been in that place for too long. Mm-hmm. Um, What do you do to get those people help?
1: Good question. So the thing is, if they are not threatening harm to themselves or others, their mental health is almost, it's on them. You know, Mm -hmm. if you hear that they're threatening to take their life um, or they're threatening to harm somebody or take somebody else's life, um, you can actually call the non-emergency line. And, oh, okay. and let them know mm-hmm. um, that your friend or family member is expressing those things. And they will actually send somebody out to get them. Um, mm. And at that, at that point, it will be kind of against their own will. They'll be taken to a hospital to get a psyche eval. Right. Um, and then, you know, later see how that goes. Um, but for the person who is not, but you're just kind of seeing some, some symptoms, some withdrawal and isolation and things like that. I would just say encourage them. I think a lot of people, especially in our community are, it's just the stigma around mental health and if somebody know I'm going to see a therapist, everyone right. think I'm crazy and blah, 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 blah. You know, a lot of people don't know the resources. Um, That's true. So a lot of our clients that we service at Core Empowerment, don't pay anything Mm -hmm. that's not to say that we don't get paid but they don't pay anything out of pocket um due to their insurance so i always advise people you know call that number on the back of your insurance Mm -hmm. card let that representative that picks up the phone hear what you're going through they will give you a list of resources in your zip code that take your insurance that you can go and see, but a lot of people don't know that. They're yeah. Like, oh, do I? Have, you know, do I have to pay for this out of pocket? I don't know where to go. You literally call the number on the back of your car, give them your zip code, they will give you a list of providers right in your community um, that you can see. So I would just say encourage that person. Um, let them know, you know, you're coming from a very non-judgmental space, but mm. you really care about their well-being. A lot of people are afraid to be judged. Yeah. You know? What will people say? What What does this mean? A, a question I always get is, Are you gonna tell my job? Is can my job call? And we, you know, can my job see my record? And it's right, like, yeah. no, we are legally not allowed to. Right, to
0: give them that information no
1: we cannot and yeah. honestly if somebody's job or family whoever was to call we can't even confirm or deny that they are even a client
0: right yeah just the
1: mere, oh yeah let me, i see them right here on the schedule yeah. that's a breach of confidentiality right. yeah oh, yeah um, absolutely so we can't even confirm or deny so just really encouraging that friend or family member that there are resources there that are out there and some of them are probably free if they yeah. just access, you know.
0: What I've they been have. recently, um, Recommended people to use their EPA um, yeah. because I used it when I was trans thinking about transitioning out of my career into entrepreneurship. My brain was just all over the place. And mm-hmm. so I looked it up online for the organization I work for. And I was like, oh, let me just see. And I literally worked with a coach for probably like eight months. We had a call every week and, you know, it wasn't a I wanted to take her with me. So I ended up like, I said, can I take you when I leave? And so she's like, well, no, because then one, I haven't done my job if you still need me, but I still checked. Like I ended up calling my husband's EPA and was like, Mm -hmm. can you look this name up to see, but they didn't have coaching. They only had therapists. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like, Oh, okay. They was like, they give you five free. And then if they need more, you will then, they will then transfer your kid to someone in your area. Mm -hmm. And so I've been telling a lot of people, like, I mean, one, EPA has tons of different things that you probably don't know of, but they definitely do help you with that because lots of people get depressed at work. Mm -hmm. It's not Mm all, you know, home life. It's a lot of stuff that stress and anxiety comes from people's jobs. So During um, that
1: government shutdown, we had a a skyrocket in referrals. Um, And I'm glad you brought up EAP because we work with an EAP company. feel like we get a lot of EAPs from um, the federal government in the school system and the good thing about EAP is you're right they normally only grant somewhere between three to eight sessions for free Mm -hmm. if we assess the case and outside of what they granted we feel like we need more we can go back to the EAP and request more appointments or what a lot of our clients will do is come to us to get the free EPA EAP sorry EAP sessions and then just come to us as a full client and utilize their insurance yeah
0: yeah um
1: for ongoing services so that is a really good resource that Probably a lot of people don't even know. Yeah, and it definitely the is free off, of, yeah. off, the,
0: off the break is definitely free. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the other questions I had, I know we talked a lot about uh, women and mm-hmm. most of this is just because our own experience. We think yeah. about our girlfriends or whatever. Um, but for the men, there mm-hmm. are a lot of, and especially in our community and, you know, the black culture that they are more and more men who are suffering from depression anxiety suicidal thoughts um just not being able to deal with their emotions um Mm -hmm. from childhood from whatever the case may be it's just a whole lot of different things as wives girlfriends Mm -hmm. moms aunties whatever relationship that we have um with men, if we notice there are any signs, how can we be a support to them? Because I feel like women are more inclined to be like, girl, mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to just go try. Mm-hmm. A man is more likely, I'm all right. I don't need, I just need to go to the bar or mm-hmm. whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Like, mm-hmm. how do we support um, them to be able
1: to get help? You know, it, I feel like it goes back to that stigma not only is mental health, there's a big mental health on stigma, there's a big stigma on black men in mental yeah. health. Um, so I I would like if more black men who were in therapy or men in general in therapy would speak up. I know Charlemagne on the Breakfast Club is never shy. Right. Yeah. Um to yeah. speak about um his his journey and him being in therapy and things like that. But just encouraging them that it's okay. I think, I don't know what your, the podcast you mentioned, um, Stop Crying Like a Girl. Yeah, Was Stop it? Crying
0: Like a Girl. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I feel like it starts there. Like it starts yeah. in childhood. We already shut our men down to mm-hmm. not express yourself. Yeah. You know, as a young age, you don't know how society views you. You feeling emotional, you're going to cry a little right. bit. Right. Yeah. But we tell you to stop crying, you know, be quiet, stop, go yeah. sit down, you know, so, already we're conditioning men to not express, to not talk. And
0: that was basically what the episode was about because Mm -hmm. I've realized, um, you know, one of my sons plays football. And so Mm -hmm. he came home and told me that one of the, and I know it because Mm -hmm. I've heard people say it, you know, and, and, Ultimately, they say it because they've heard somebody else say it. And mm-hmm. so then I'm like, how do I make it different for my kids so that they don't go into this world thinking that they can't have any feelings? They can't mm-hmm. have any emotions because somebody's going to make you mad. You're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. If somebody passes away, you're going to feel sadness. You're going to grieve. Like, mm-hmm. there's, if you can, my thing is always like, if you can have happy emotions, you can have sad emotions. You, yeah, why yeah. have them turn off one? but allow them to be able to keep the other. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, for mm-hmm. me, I just don't understand it, but I definitely believe that taking, if we start talking about it and yeah. this is why we, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation, like if we stop talk, start talking about it so that people know that like, it's okay. It's even mm-hmm. okay for us to, like, we don't have to be the strong friend anymore, right? We don't have I'm sure to. sure not. <laughs> I gave that title up a minute ago, Quick. <laughs> but we don't, it's okay for us to be sad. It's okay yeah. for us to be, you know, in a mood. I think one of the biggest things is, um, just communication, like mm-hmm. with the people, your village and the people that you are around, when you communicate where you are and mm-hmm. what's going on with you, then I think that that, that allows for people to be able to, Um, pour into you, but also know like, okay, maybe they need a little bit more support Mm -hmm. um, on Mm -hmm. their end. Like, last week was a really, really tough week for me because my um, best friend from high school passed away like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Thanks. And her birthday was Saturday. And so I hadn't, like, I felt like there was like no closure. Like, it was just like Mm -hmm. it kind of happened and I just kind of like was like, but Mm -hmm. every year since she's passed, I always feel the same way. And so, I told my girlfriends, they're like, you know, normally we go out, we drink, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we do something to celebrate her. But I'm fasting right now from alcohol. Mm-hmm. And so, I said... Jesus, you are so funny because mm-hmm. now I have to like feel every emotion. And so I needed to actually go. I went to her gravesite and mm-hmm. I just sat there. I talked to her. I cried. I, you know, went through my whole emotion and I felt better when I was done with it. But prior leading up to that, I told my husband, like, mm-hmm. this is not going to be a good week. You know, <clears throat> as I was on my way to the gravesite, I reached out to my, um, my village and said, you know, just kind of pray for me. Even though I it was only for a moment, like Mm -hmm. but it felt like like even like driving there. Like I felt like I was getting ready to have an anxiety attack. And I was just like, I just gotta get through it. And once I got through it, I I was fine. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we stop just at the feeling, like that pressure of like, okay, breathe. And then you just Mm -hmm. be like, I'm not gonna go no further. But sometimes if you walk through it, you're able to get to the other side and realize I didn't die.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, it isn't, yeah. really
0: isn't that bad,
1: and that's I, also the glory of therapy as well. A lot of people are kind of shut down about their about going to therapy because they don't want to feel because they know well, they have the the thought or the expectation of I'm gonna have to talk about some right. stuff,
0: yeah, you know, some yes. stuff that
1: I didn't suppress and mm-hmm. I just kind of you know blow away throughout my day. Like I'm gonna have to really sit here and talk
0: right. about and and it and deal it with might it. Hurt, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah.
1: So for a lot of people, it's like, look, I don't even want to deal with that. I'm just going to keep trucking on through life. But now how is that showing up?
0: Right. that Absolutely. Yeah, that is that's a great point. And mm-hmm. I think that once we realize that um if the goal is to be better than you were yesterday, you have mm-hmm. to do different mm-hmm. things. We cannot continue to do the same thing and expect better results. It just never works. Absolutely. Like I've been trying to lose this baby weight. My son about to be 10. I've been trying to lose these 20 pounds for the last 10 years. Guess what? I have not done anything different. Nothing. Nothing different. So it's just going to stay until I'm ready to, like, take it seriously and really, yeah. like, work on it. But shoot, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. one health thing at a time, okay? Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> so um where is so are you all i know after this i'm have some people that are in the area who want to want to reach out and maybe maybe want to you know make an yeah. appointment are you all taking new appointments where are you located in the um sure. dmv
1: so we are in suitland um uh, maryland we are on allentown road we're directly across the street from andrews air force base like literally direct like walking distance somebody actually walked off the base and walked to our office today oh nice yeah like that's how close we are to the you're, by the, base. you're
0: by the um credit union mm-hmm. yep you can walk to the credit union yeah 5801 we're at
1: 5627 5627 mm-hmm. okay, we're right between o- the horse and dickies and the credit union
0: there's a horse and dickies over there
1: Mm-hmm. walking distance Oh, man! <laughs> oh so, yep, yeah, we're right there. Um, and we're always accepting new clients. So on our website, if you go to our website, coreempowerment.org, and at the top right-hand corner is the button that says Contact Us, and there is a new client referral form. So if anybody is interested um, in services, um, that's where you would start. And then our office manager um, receives those referrals, receives those intakes, and reaches out within 24 uh business hours to schedule your appointment and we do take um most of the major insurance companies so we take um CareFirst, Cigna, Tricare, Aetna, mm-hmm. Maryland Medicaid, um we're still battling with United Healthcare now to get on oh, panel they, uh, with them. True. That's yeah. Yeah, I know. That's a whole other story. Yeah, but, that's
0: you know, the healthcare <laughs> is my background. United <laughs> healthcare has always
1: Yeah, they been, giving us a little yeah. fight. That's just how so, it is yeah. okay. Um, so yes, yeah, so we're always accepting new clients. Um, and the good thing about our office is that we're open seven days a week. So oh, nice. we're open on Saturdays and Sundays.
0: Oh, nice, nice. Um,
1: and then on the weekdays, we're open late. We take our last appointment at eight o'clock PM on the weekdays. Oh, so that- our goal is to be able to meet the needs of everybody. And with therapy, you're going to want to come every week. Yeah. If not every other week. Okay. Um, And we understand that, you know, we serve with some working class folks that got yeah. nine to fives. So, right. Um, yeah. And children and lives and stuff after work. So we want to be able to meet those needs. So we, again, are open on Saturdays and Sundays. And on the weekdays, we take our last appointment at 8 p.m. So your appointment can actually start at 8 p.m. That's the last
0: That's awesome. Do you all do any virtual appointments? You know, yes, that's the, that's the new do. craze we now. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So a lot of our clients have never even physically walked into our office. Okay. Um, I see a lot of clients uh, virtually now because I'm not so much in the um, physical um, office of seeing clients. So some clients, I've never seen them from the chest up like that's all i've only seen <laughs> from it. here to here right, right i right. don't know what nothing else look like um, yeah. so yes we do have virtual sessions um and a lot of insurance companies um minus Mer- uh, maryland medicaid pretty much all of the insurance companies do cover uh telemental health yeah so, and i love that because Kind of people will bow out during their lunch break mm-hmm. or go in their car yep. and they can connect from their phone or wherever they are. Yeah. Um. So they don't have to physically come in, and we have people that are in like Montgomery County and things. So trying to get to our office yeah, try, after yes. work.
0: Yeah. That that four ninety five traffic yeah. is a beast. Yeah. So, so a lot of people
1: will see during lunch break or they'll head home and we'll connect with them virtually by their. Well, home.
0: that's a great thing, even for my listeners who don't live in the DMV. Yeah. Um, if they, you know, sometimes people are afraid to go to places nearby mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. hometown. Cause they're, mm-hmm. you know, what if someone sees me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. um, this may be an option as well. And um, mm-hmm. the little telehealth, um, tele visits are yes. bomb diggity because one of my um, physicians does that and I would just be like, oh, I'm right here. I don't have to leave, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm it's at. So to be a- It
1: is. You, you save know. on gas. <laughs> yes, it is.
0: And you still get exactly what you need, you, you know. And I think it depends on the person because some people may want that one-on-one like sit down mm-hmm. in front of somebody but some it people also, do prefer that yeah. yeah and so but it also gives the person who's like okay i do i need this but i do not have the capacity to be able to like leave where i am mm-hmm. you know um to be able to get it done and it also helps the person who um is afraid of doing it and so this this keeps it you know between you and them and they Mm -hmm. phone and that's Mm -hmm. about it you know so and we like to try to
1: you like to try to uh disperse any barriers like oh i can't come because this nope we got we right <laughs> oh well, what about this nope we open till eight You're right well, what about that nope you can hit you up on on, on video chat like, right there right. is no excuse well i can't afford it don't you got insurance we You're take right. that insurance so it's really
0: there's <laughs> no reason no why way. you can't nope. take care of yourself
1: it is no reason no reason. That is at awesome. All.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you. Um yes, taking absolutely. the time thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. This is gonna be I'm I'm definitely excited about it. I will put the um link to your website in the show notes. Um okay. so that everybody can go to core empowerment um and just get some additional information. I definitely think that this is a conversation that shoot may need to go into next month a month after that and a month after that so i think that's yeah. a great thing yeah, and i really seriously. appreciate you taking the time to be able to just like break down those things that i definitely was thinking and i know probably some other people were thinking as well so thank you so much
1: yes thank you so much for having me